Hi, this is Deborah Ann Wool. Thank you for listening to the Children of Erte podcast, presented by Demiplane. You can join us live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv backslash RPG, or catch up with the VOD of each episode on the Demiplane YouTube channel. Bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way Yes, we are, because that is the name of the show. Welcome, I am Sam DeLove, and this is our Children of Airte After Show, where we celebrate the holidays with all of our players like mischievous kids without the GM. Thank you all for joining me, and I'm going to go around and call on all of you to introduce yourselves, starting with Lauren. Oh, geez, I'm first. Hi, I'm Lauren Urban. <laughs> I'm the content coordinator at Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms. You can find me on the uh, socials as Oboe Lauren. Uh, usually I'm playing Carolyn Neb Stern. Tonight I'm playing Lauren Urban, talking about Carolyn Neb Stern, and I have hot cocoa. The day is already won. Jen, who are you? What's your name? Hello. Yes, uh, my name is Jen Kretschmer. Um, you can find me on the socials as at DreamWisp. You can find me streaming on Twitch as DreamWisp. Jen, and um, I am hot off of the presses from Gales on Dragons Convergence, which Ooh. is a, a new actual play for for uh, D&D that we are very proud of, which Sam is also part of. And yay. Yeah. And I, I, I played Maeve Morgan Flynn, your friendly neighborhood <laughs> troublemaker, Maeve Morgan Flynn. <laughs> Who am I? What am I doing? Where are we? <laughs> Always we are asking ourselves, and so we turn to that font of wisdom. Hope, who are you? And is that hat as fuzzy as it looks? It's so <laughs> fuzzy! <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Hope Lavelle. And uh, I do mocap stuff during the day where I get to pretend and play. But then at night, I get to do D&D where I get to pretend and play. It's so great! <laughs> and I play Miss Robin Beckett. But tonight, I'm playing Hope Lavelle. The grand unified theory of hope employment. Yes. <laughs> oh, Marie. Who are you? Hi, everybody. I'm wearing the cutest sweater ever. It's supposed to be an ugly Christmas sweater, but it's Star Wars and it has a little Christmas touch in a pocket. It's so cute. It gets a lot of, like, like what do you call it? Confidence. Yeah, walking down the street, people are like, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, you could find me everywhere on socials at Alicia Marie Body. I'm a costume artist and creative artist and currently editing about 15 different videos at once and about to throw my entire editing suite out the window. I play Cruz Armstrong, attorney at law. <laughs> and finally. I'm the only one left, right? 
Yes, I'm Adam Bradford. I'm the CDO at Demiplane. We have several uh, very fun things going on at Demiplane. We're uh, providing digital tools for incredible games out there, games that I've been playing for years and uh, been wanting digital tools for. So it's great to uh, get to, you know, actualize things that you want to breathe into the universe. And uh, and so it's it's been a great year for us here at Demiplane. Uh, this show, Children of Erte, has been a big part of that great year. We also have been having a wonderful after show. Uh, so uh, I wanted to thank you, Sam, so much for uh, just an incredible job uh, throughout the entire year. Uh, but um, I am typically playing Silas Jordan, who is actually going by, I guess, Silas Sorrell now. And uh, But again, like everyone else tonight, I am actually playing Adam, talking about Silas talking about shows that Silas is in. So it, it's so much inception going on that um, that I, I don't think we can hardly stand it. We will follow you down to the bottom of this. But before we do, I have to try to show up for the person who usually does this and mention our sponsors. Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms for giving away code. So type code in chat for a free Electrum chest. Die Hard Dice. Purveyor of clicky, clacky math rocks for the Dice Goblin in your life. Use code AIRTAY at checkout for a 10% discount uh, with a giveaway in stream and Sirenscape because epic games require epic music. So while we, the pros, try to impress Adam with our sponsorship, I can tell you that asking questions is not just for the pros. It is for you the people. While I ask this cast questions, you are also welcome to do so by typing question in all caps in chat. So I'll let y'all spin that up <laughs> as we get this holiday party started. Thank you everyone for joining me. Uh, and I have to ask in the spirit of this holiday special, while your characters aren't exactly in position to have your their usual holiday plans tell me a little bit about what your characters are like back in the material plane for the holidays any super super holiday people or grinches or people <laughs> putting themselves on fire with hanukkah candles i'm that one's me what are your characters like for the holidays i bet um, you neb makes amazing potato latkes <laughs> way better than i ever could yeah, yeah. I bet you the food for Hanukkah at Neb's house is amazing. And she probably <laughs> makes fantastic latkes, which I, I cannot. Um, Robin always dresses up as Mrs. Claus. And, uh, <laughs> oh, of course she does. <laughs> <laughs> and goes to elementary schools to read stories. <laughs> um, I think Maeve and her moms, I think Maeve would never let on how much she gets into the holiday spirit and how festive she gets but i think Maeve and her moms have like go all out with lawn displays and baking <laughs> and and always have hot cider on the stove like good time holiday parties at at the flynn home well i will say that um for feruza uh, her personally her holiday like doesn't extend beyond the how you know the law firm Christmas party. Like if you go to her apartment, 
You don't even know there's a different holiday at her apartment. Forget it. She doesn't do it. And that way she's kind of like me, like you wouldn't know. But she does go home to her parents in Maine for a couple of days where her parents go out. And that's where she indulges and maybe wears an ugly Christmas sweater and does the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I think Silas, um, Silas always spends it alone. And, uh, but I do think that every year he, um, because, you know, as we've established, Silas has far more money than Adam has. So um, it's bunches, I hear bunches and bunches, bunches of money. And so um, it's not necessarily about, uh, you know, he's a collector. So he's kind of buying things for himself all year long, but um, every holiday season, he does buy two gifts in particular and um, I will offer, uh, you know, kind of a, a commentary, off-screen commentary that um, one of those gifts, you know, every year, he eventually, when he did go to his grandfather's house to clean it out, he saw a bunch of them um, unopened, um, still still in there. So he always bought something for his grandfather and um, had it shipped there, but apparently his grandfather didn't open it. So uh, we'll see what that uh, potentially leads to. Or maybe he just didn't <laughs> like Silas very much. It absolutely could be that. Um, and then he buys one other gift for uh, an unnamed someone that um, he is not even sure if it gets to her or not. But he very religiously buys, uh, buys a gift every year. And it's never anything like really expensive. It is, uh, you know yard sales um, and and that kind of thing that he just tries to find like the perfect, not necessarily gag gift, but something uh, that is like a thought that counts kind of thing. And he sends it to an address uh, that, uh, that he always sends anything to that he, that he's trying to get to that person. Uh, but uh, other than that, Silas, uh, you wouldn't even know that it was any kind of holiday for, for Silas as this <laughs> like season. Like Silas's letters to, to Santa, but Silas's gifts to mystery person. That, that, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, follow up question: Can I have? Can I just like go to the Flynn's or to like Netflix? Just Always. please feed me. <laughs> that sounds delicious. I just want to eat your food. You go to the Armstrongs. That'd be fun because it's cold and snowy. Yeah, do y'all get snowed in up there in Maine? <laughs> I never have been. I mean, we don't really do that here. <laughs> oh no 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 yeah no, no. oh oh right. i both lauren and neb have stories about oh, i couldn't get out of the house on christmas eve couldn't get out of the house on especially yeah. christmas eve for me when i was uh doing the professional musician thing in buffalo there were christmas mm. eve gigs that uh bless the people in the neighborhood that had plows on the front of their cars because i was not going to be able to make it without that <laughs> <laughs> yeah Right. Yeah. You need those where in the snow places where they do the snow. Yeah, yeah. Especially when the big plows come by and then suddenly you've got four and a half feet of just ice and snow that have been plowed from the... We're supposed to be talking about Neb. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, wait a second. Wait. There are no rules. <laughs> I mean, oh I, like to, I like to say that there's an entire set of like profanity that exists only in the northeast for during snow season <laughs> oh like, yeah oh yeah, for sure man, it's horrible it's really i grew up in connecticut so yeah i yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm learning so much about cold places right now <laughs> and hey it counts as in character because your poor characters have been in the snow for how long mm-hmm how Six long? Days. Like a week? Two weeks? <laughs> hey, hold on. 
Let me go to the tape. Lauren has the formal count. <laughs> we are, okay, we are like a week. On we are note, on the end of day seven. Seven, yeah. On that note, though, didn't we establish that it was like the winter solstice and therefore Christmas is coming up? Yes. Very, very yeah, it's the 21st. And New Year's. Yep. And according to at least some fan calculations, also Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it depends on the year, but yeah. yeah. Mm. I heard some folks calculated it out to be starting on the 14th, so the 21st. Mm. We're still oh, in the window. That's Fruz's mm. birthday. Oh. oh, what? Oh, is it? it is, yeah. Did we miss her birthday? Wait, wait, wait. The because did the characters know that? December 21st is Fruz's birthday. That's, that's wait, you didn't tell us this, that. That's start so in the R &D. Episode 28 oh, is yeah. December 21st. Yeah. We're not going to know. <laughs> She'll oh, never cute. say. Oh. And in a flip, I will say this. The tickets are for December 15th. That's my birthday. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that random? Yes. That's totally so random. cool. Is it? <laughs> Is it? Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> we don't know how deep this rabbit hole goes. All right. Never so did ask for our character's astrological signs. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so then help me out since it's the holiday season real life in game and i'm personally i wish i weren't i really try but i'm terrible at getting people hanukkah presents so maybe y'all can help me brainstorm what should we get these characters fuzzy for socks. the holidays oh, no yellow boots <laughs> i mean fuzzy socks are just a classic wonderful hanukkah oh, gift God. and then and then at least <laughs> in my family you go out of your way to not just get like i'm going to to Target and picking up socks. You get like really fuzzy, amazing socks with the rubber stuff on the bottom and everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think all these characters could use bunches of socks. I love that. I think Lauren is going to open a store that sells exclusively fuzzy clothing items to, to <laughs> provision her characters. Tell, tell me anyone you know that does not like fuzzy stuff. That's true. I have the longest text chain with my family this week about fuzzy socks for Hanukkah. So I can confirm this. I mean, I hate to be that person, but I kind of hate yeah. fuzzy things because I'm like a <gasps> static electricity magnet. And so really? fuzzy things like, you know, are almost potentially deadly to me. Sometimes. Oh, like I literally. How much fuzzy are you wearing at once? Because if you're wearing a deadly amount of static electricity fuzzy, <laughs> maybe you should just cut back on the amount of fuzzy. I, I fear but... for my life every time I pump gasoline. Like, oh. I'm, I'm not joking. Like, I, I have, like, things on my keychain that I have to ground myself, and I ground myself about three different places before wow. I pump gas because I've been at a gas pump before, and it sparked and it flamed like, <gasps> kind of like a grill does. Like, it flamed oh. for just a second and scared me to death. So. Oh, I no, mean, I've yeah. always been afraid of that my whole life. I have latent, like, electrical powers, possibly. I hope one day <laughs> it develops into superpowers. We just have to get you into into onto the train and wherever yeah. we are i don't even know what we call where we are mm -hmm. so but yeah. get you there so you can you can uh be perfect hone those powers or just so wrap have... him in a fuzzy blanket okay that's really good. shocking grasp cantrip irl i guess <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> oh there's always no what cantrip attacks. would you want well mm -hmm. adam already has one so you don't get to pick two mm -hmm. oh <laughs> But what do we what do we get Silas for the holidays? I mean, I I like to think that nerds are comparatively easy to shop for because we have special interest stuff and you can get related to that. Um, mm -hmm. But do you have any recommendations? What do y'all think? Actually, what do y'all think? Do y'all have some ideas? Oh, here we go. What we should get him? 
a new battery for his ring. <gasps> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, he would appreciate that. Yeah. Perfect. Here I was thinking mixtape. Get 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 <laughs> Silas a, a whole new set of music to listen to, to enjoy, to pull inspiration yeah. from. He would love I can it. See like MJ basketball pants. <laughs> yes. 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 Anything else. Yes. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. Your Chicago Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> love it. And even if he already has it, he's still going to be happy to have a second pair of it. Oh, yeah. Might yeah. have a closet full of them, for mm -hmm. all we know. Yeah, because Silas is loaded, right? He's loaded, so he probably has a lot of, of stuff. Yeah. What do you get the man who has everything? Yeah. Batteries for his ring. <laughs> we have the answer now. Well, he, he would just take a phone probably now where he finds himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, you know, he has, doesn't have one of those anymore. We'll airdrop you bunches of towels. Airdrop. <laughs> We we need to get Michael Jordan branded towels. Mm. Sponsor us, Jump Michael Man. Jordan. Yeah, I love it. Please, please sponsor yeah. us, Michael Jordan. <laughs> sponsor specifically Silas Sorrell. Air Jordan towels. Those, I, those I, nice. Listen, uh, Michael, if you're listening, I come really, really cheap. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. What should we get for Rusa? Oh. oh an axe sharpener. Yeah, an axe sharpener. <laughs> I know, like, yeah, another Harvard sweater. No, um, <laughs> trying to think, what would we get? Like, this is a typical question because she's relative. She's not, like, exciting. Like, what, are you going to buy her a pair of, like, loafers or something? I got no. it. Rubber what? boots so that she's grounded so she can't, like, oh. shock herself, you know? <laughs> Oh, you're really yeah, that gift might be funny. <laughs> that might be she might think that's kind of funny since you guys know her story that a muscle that tank funny. that says pull up queen. Yes. Oh, like it. I yeah. mean, that is what you get for the, the person who has everything or has bunches of money is you get something that is so unique, so bespoke, you know. So yeah, we're all going yeah. to the store where you can make your own t-shirts and making t-shirts for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it'd be something. I mean, these care, these people know for so they would know things about her. If people don't really know her as well as these four have come to know her, they're probably gonna get her like gift certificates to like bookstores or maybe like to museum like stuff like that they're just gonna guess that's what she does they're right <laughs> but like you know Maeve's ideas Silas um Robin and Neb's ideas are definitely more personal and that's what makes them special that's what makes them very special to her <laughs> what are we getting Maeve coffee <laughs> <laughs> vodka like, flavored like coffee, the good stuff. coffee flavored vodka, espresso machine, <laughs> whiskey though. Yeah. yeah, whiskey. Sorry, I think yeah. uh, mm -hmm. yeah, any of the above actually would be fantastic for me. Yeah, <laughs> a portable espresso machine would yep. actually. Yeah, ooh, that would, everything that is would beverage be oriented. <laughs> Just, if i can't drink it i don't want it <laughs> so what do you eat soup <laughs> not the meat soup well shall we not we shall roll for soup but soup, the, the great unifier i mean tea is soup <laughs> cannot be divided well philosophical here on the air today mm. <laughs> about soup about soup <laughs> What do we get, Neb? 
Oh, Neb is fun to buy for. Can't you? Wouldn't Neb be fun? Because you would literally buy her anything, and she would have fun with it. Don't you feel like that? Yeah, Neb, Neb is easy to buy for. I yeah. Want yeah. Neb like the glow stars that you stick on your ceiling. Oh, <gasps> I had those as a kid too. I always wanted them, and That's I never. Lauren got... did or Neb did. Lauren did. Yes, although okay. Neb probably wants them as well. So she, even as an yeah. adult, she would be super happy to get them. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. I feel I feel like Silas would be really excited to uh, purchase something for Neb if they ever get yeah. back to civilization because, um, you know, it's kind of like Silas always walks into any kind of department store or anywhere where they sell clothing. <laughs> and when he goes to the children's section, all the shirts are really, really cool. And he's like, none of these ever fit me, but I think that the largest sizes might fit Neb. And so he'd be really excited that he could finally pull the trigger on those things. But Silas would know better than to say, I found this in the children's Oh, yeah. No, that might no. be the only thing <laughs> just about for you. It would be okay, like the thrift store. You know? I found yeah. the perfect size like for you. And that's all you got to say. Yeah. It would be that's the first it. time we saw Neb in a shirt that fits because in my head, Neb is always wearing like a giant oversized t shirt. <laughs> It's a little on it's it's a little on the roomy side, but it's not giant. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. But she's definitely got like the the baggy jeans and the the mm -hmm. the sweatshirt is oversized for sure. Mm. Sweatshirts yeah. ought to be oversized. oversized. I yeah, want to swim in them. Yeah, yes, live in it. But then again, you know, think about this. Silas has bunches of money. Remember, bunches. bunches. So he could literally go to the department store and buy you the department store for Christmas. I want Silas to buy me a present for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> if we ever get, I mean, Silas is kind floor. of in trouble because he has said that, like, he will give you all bunches of money if we ever make it back <laughs> to where the money is. And honestly, Adam bunches. doesn't know if we're ever getting back or not. But if we do, then that should be uh, fun, fun times. <laughs> <laughs> you all made it out of the mine. You're mostly not being attacked by a zombie. I think you're making good time. You will definitely, almost definitely, make it back to a civilization, maybe. Yeah. Perhaps. Eventually. If that's what you want. Theoretically. Well, but that's where the bunches of money are. By the way, chat, do not keep your money in bunches. That is not an on the airway <laughs> approved unit of currency. <laughs> We will, however, spend bunches of money getting stuff for Miss Robin. What should we get for Miss Robin? Mm. Oh, God. I feel like the most thoughtful gift for Robin would be like a terribly, terribly knit scarf, <laughs> but that you actually tried really hard. Yeah. That'd be lovely. Oh, She'd wear it for sure. I had the strict rule before the stream that nothing was allowed to make me for clumps in yard. She'd be like, "Ah, oh, bless your heart." Oh, <laughs> it's totally uneven. The number of stitches in the riddle varies wildly. It's got random holes in it because you miss, you dropped stitches, and things. just gives them more character. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that or you find out something that and how easy is this something that Robin's never done and then you go do that thing with so like hey have you ever seen an opera let's go to the opera hey have you ever gone on a roller coaster let's go on a roller coaster you know like take her to have an experience I think I think Robin would want to have an experience that she could talk about. So is that what is that what Lauren would get her or what Nev would get her or both of you. I think Lauren would get her that. Neb would want to get her that and fail miserably at finding something that Robin has not done and then just cook her latkes because, like, food is the universal sign that someone loves you. Aww. 
This is absolutely true. Though, honestly, the trying, I think, is a fantastic present. A thing you haven't done yet, and you keep getting it wrong because she already has, but then you get to have a lot of experiences <laughs> until you find the one. Spoilers, you don't find it. No. Yeah, I kind of think that maybe Robin would just be like, you know what? I haven't done that. <gasps> just to make you happy. And to have because experience it's true, you haven't done it with that person. That's a new experience. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know why, but Silas again, if we ever make it back to civilization, I don't know why I'm giving this away because you know now it won't, you know, be like a surprising game, but um Because it's the holidays, know, Adam. Yeah, and maybe that's it. Maybe it's my job to prize a spoiler. It, it, it is. So uh I, I don't know why I can't really explain this, but I feel like Silas uh, would like pull from his own vinyl collection and like give Robin like Elton John Empty Sky, like one of his oh, old yeah. albums or something, yeah. like one of the originals that he has mm. in the collection. Wow. Uh, because it, and, and I think Silas's thoughts is he would have no idea if she actually likes the music or not, but I think he would know that she would understand that it was important to him. And, uh, and so mm. he would make that gesture. That's lovely. That's nice. Well, I have Silas here. We have a question from Maverick 2 as to whether Silas has the lantern that matches the ring. Because if he doesn't, y'all, we have we have the gift oh. answer baked in. We got it. Oh. But we're on the air today, so you <laughs> Yeah, uh, Silas, uh, this ring situation for Silas, this is not like the, uh, you know, on the market, uh, you know, Silas would say cheap prop versions of the ring. This is something that he went that this is something he commissioned somebody like Alicia to like, you know, make. Um and and, and so the original. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 like a it's like a custom. And so of course it has the lantern with it. You just haven't seen the lantern yet. Um but uh but the lantern is with it and it is a ring that uh you know it might even be hard to find a battery for because it's so custom, mm. but, uh, but yeah, no, this is, uh, this isn't anything that you would be able to buy in a store anywhere. It's something that he had commissioned. So lantern is an absolute yes. Runs on like sea mm. batteries or something. Sure. <laughs> oh, and then they turn invisible. I don't know, but yes, yes. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's something, it's something, uh, you know, really custom and really special. And uh, that's probably why he was so worried when Feruza had it for so long. Hmm. Mm -hmm. well silas likes his stuff you know that's something that you know adam like i am really sitting back and kind of watching this story unfold and i'm like really pulling for silas to understand that life is not about stuff but i don't know mm -hmm. if i don't know if silas mm -hmm. has quite gotten there yet so i mean it's only seven days there's yeah. some time <laughs> we'll see but if life isn't about stuff, what were all those bunches of money for? Yeah. Oh, just to have the bunches of money. Like, what's his name? Smog. And Maybe that's why he's just throwing it around so flippantly. He doesn't know. <laughs> the thrill oh, of the chase. Yeah. <laughs> that's what a collector does. Mm -hmm. I have no idea. What you're talking about, and neither just my dice collection. Thank you very much. <laughs> Which is a very healthy number. Stop, mm -hmm. stop it, chat. Stop. Oh. <laughs> but in the spirit of holiday questions, there was another lovely one from Maverick too. 
for Robin, of all the jobs, a reindeer wrangler? <gasps> Your options are yes or also yes. Well, then, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely like to think it, you know, as, as, as Mrs. Claus, she definitely would have found like a petting zoo or something to help out at. Mm-hmm. Which would then, of course, have, you know, reindeer or deer with reindeer or or dogs with antlers or, or goats with antlers. <laughs> Anything that makes them reindeer. Spoil it. Has she actually met dog. a reindeer? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'd like to think that she has. She's done enough hiking in the in the cold. Maybe come across a reindeer. Robin's like an old G. Didn't she like clock someone from like 12 feet away at some point? I think she's tackled people like <laughs> in this game. Robin is we're like, damn, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, that question of who would you want to actually uh get stuck out in the wilderness? It's a Maven Robin. Absolutely. <laughs> Maven Robin, between the two of them, we're we're set. It's true. You have that that's a complete breakfast of survival. That said, I will put in a good word for wanting Maeve in the survival party because <laughs> so much gear every mm-hmm. year. What about, yes, also that one. Mm-hmm. The one you're thinking about and haven't spoken about yet? Yep. Yep. Maeve's got it. Least mm-hmm. likely to desire in a survival situation is definitely Silas because he doesn't even oh. wear pants. <laughs> shorts. That's true. Um, shorts. Shorts were not. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. Uh, to clarify, yeah. he has shorts on. But. I'm I'm gonna have to disagree with you here, and I, I love you, Alicia, but I think it's Feruza, yeah. mostly because like Silas has this whole history <laughs> of being doing spy stuff. I know he said he's not a spy, mm-hmm. but like some of the stuff you've been able to pull off, where Feruza like is amazing with that axe, but Ooh. the moment where you're like, I brought a book on tort law, <laughs> forget it. <laughs> Look, girl, she has you no idea what she's doing out here. I was gonna say, Faruz has no clue what she's doing out here. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you have all that lumberjack background, so yeah. there's got to be there's some practical. I mean, I feel like we all have some skills that are applicable and a whole bunch of skills that make it really troublesome to be in the middle of the woods. Actually, now that you say that, I have to change my mind again. It's Neb. You don't want Neb. Neb, if she can't oh. turn into an animal, she's zero skills. No, like Neb is willing to go along with it. Like whatever happens, she's like, I'll just roll with it. Whereas Bruce was like, no, this isn't really happening to me. I'm back in my apartment in New York City with my bird. I'm not really here getting attacked by ice monsters. There's the denial thing that you don't have to get past with Neb. <laughs> yeah, but then when you actually get to is Nicholas. Yeah, Nicholas. Well, Nicholas. If you want for survival, it's not Nicholas. Nicholas and all of his, his family. At the rat party. At the rat party. They're too busy partying. All <laughs> hail the prophet. <laughs> oh I don't know. I think Neb is, who else would you want for can I eat that mushroom? Yeah, even if not the the like goggling comfort. I think curiosity goes a long way in a survival uh, situation. I think it, Mm. in a very different way from Silas, gives you like little pieces of lore of I did a Wikipedia dive on this that one time. 
and uh, just a bit of it stuck. She she strikes me, and correct me if I'm wrong, as a bit of a Wikipedia diver. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've already established she goes down the YouTube rabbit holes of stuff, and definitely she has that that wide-ranging appetite for knowledge that hasn't found the depth that she wants yet until this train ride. So yeah, uh, whether any of that is actually going to be practical i don't know <laughs> but also, yeah you could point at the mushrooms and say oh yeah let's go pick those and she would it's pick them. really hard to put a premium on plucky optimism mm. um, and so in a survival true. situation it's i can true. see yeah. that being very essential it's yeah. and supportive to the table. friends being on yes, the outside I, of a train and not yeah dying. i mean i i just i think that I, I'll speak for Maeve. I don't. I want. I want, don't want to speak for anyone else. But I think there are certainly points where Maeve has been much more frightened than she's let on, mm -hmm. and without Neb being there, kind of excited about everything <laughs> and wanting to like support everyone and and be curious about everything. I think Maeve probably would have had a bit more of a breakdown. I'm not saying that's not mm -hmm. something that might still happen for her, but. Ooh. I think that having someone who's like, no, this is okay. It's going to be fine. This is cool. Let's try this thing. Ooh, over there. Like that helped ground Maeve with what's happening. Whereas uh, we have the opposite. I think Neb without Maeve and, and the rest of you being the voice of caution. Like she, <laughs> she has enough of, she has enough wherewithal to listen to all of you before or try to anyway before she goes running off. But I think if she didn't have someone who was more scared than excited, then I don't think she would have made it past day three. So, Silas. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have secret survival or is it is it keeping our spirits up? Well, well we're I, apparently out in the woods in the snow and, and Feruza's chopping wood and in, in a tank top that says pull-up queen. Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Si Silas is not keeping very many spirits up at all right now. Um, no. But, um, yeah, he's uh, he's seeing Unless the... you happen the... to be a diehard Spider-Man 3 fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eager guns yeah. of it all. It actually is a fantastic question. I wanted to make sure that we asked... We got to see the darker sides of some folks. Uh, although I want to keep the eyeliner. I think it's a look. I think you've got it. Uh, yes. That's the, the true magic is how yes. did Silas just eyeliner out of nowhere? That was true magic. He has magic. minor illusion. Well, he had a makeup kit, didn't he? I know, didn't but it was it was yes. sudden and it was amazing. <laughs> Turn around. It's like, oh. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, th I think Silas, um, you know, you heard Silas also say, um, when a, you know, safe cracking opportunity presented that, uh, he made a comment that, you know, I normally just drill through these, um, or, um, and when he, you know, tried to pick a lock at the, uh, grave, uh, you know, uh, the, the riverbank there, uh, he tried mm -hmm. it, uh, you know, trapped and then he just shattered it to get what was inside. So I think, you know, Silas, um, Silas definitely had success in what he used to do but um but he was all about uh you know efficiency and direct paths and it wasn't necessarily about finesse um and so i, I think that um uh, you know whatever's going on with him right now I'm, I'm really rooting for him that he can you know pull out of the funk 
but um, you know, it's like uh, there there are different sides of efficiency. You know, how if you can be efficient, that can be effective sometimes, but you also have to make sure that you're not, um, you know, brutally efficient and uh, mm-hmm. you know callous when when you're uh, you know having that efficiency when you're putting it on. So so I think that. Uh, unfortunately, some things are being amplified inside Silas right now that, that aren't too flattering. Well, can we go to our other took a dark turn? Alicia, what's it been like to play Dark Feruza yeah. lately? <laughs> oh, that was actually, it was like a lot. It was fun because it's like a departure sort of from like where everything that's going on. Just, I love the monkey wrench idea. As long as it doesn't derail the game and as long as like you can tell the DM is okay with it. And obviously because she she introduced it to Versa and then she was like, well, you know, you kind of have to play it or you're going to play it. And then seeing how quickly, and I've mentioned this before in interviews, how quickly um, Deb sort of will volley back anything you throw out at her. I was like, oh, I can do this because she can. I was. I did an interview uh, with Josh a few days ago and I was telling him how I'm um, doing one scene when Fruz is like cold. She's not getting cold because she's basically being, like she's becoming pure darkness. That's why her eyes are turning darker. Her whole like outlook in the world, everything's turning darker. She's starting to see her friends as like looking at her strangely and uh, feeling weird about her. When she's cold, she goes into her room, and as she's leaving the room with her blanket, she sees herself in the mirror, and she's sort of looking at it, and this person comes and steps in, and then the person looks at her and does this, and Deb's like, and then we pull back, and we see the fruit is holding her finger to this. That was all Deb. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing there, and I love playing games when we're able to do that, like you're, because well, you don't have to be scared to throw something out there and see where it goes. And this crew especially is really good at that. Like I was so impressed with how um, everyone handled the cemetery scene and how that was just like thrown in there. Deb just threw that in there. I'm like, okay, well, uh, here we go. (laughs) And and then when I just, uh, Fruz just turned to Robin and said, are these flowers? And Robin takes out her camera. This is all not planned. It's just literally everyone acting on the fly, given like the um, the stimulus. And I, I just had I had a lot of fun playing this little arc because I kind of knew everybody would be able to go with it like fast like that, and I wouldn't be throwing anyone off their game, which I don't like doing, you know. So it was so it was really fun. And and what I did, someone asked me recently, like where like the quotes and things came from. I, I play a lot of video games. And I love really dark characters like Malthiel from Diablo. And those are some of his quotes. Because he, to me, is like, he is death. You know, he is the destruction of the human race. So. <laughs> Meanwhile, Alicia had to put up with me after that first episode, like messaging her on Twitter going, I know where these two quotes are from. And then this third one I had to talk to Luke about. And then just like going back and forth. Yeah. He's my favorite character. And he just says really ridiculous things like... Death is beyond your reach. Humans are pervert. Like he says stuff like that. <laughs> so I was like, I able to fold some of my favorite character quotes. And yeah, Lauren definitely got them. She's like, we play a lot of Diablo. I was like, shh. <laughs> Not that I want credit or anything, but I recognize them instantly also. So. Diablo 4. 
then then you recognize the Diablo one faster than I did. I got the yeah. other two, but the Diablo one just like rattled around in the back of my head all evening long. <laughs> so, yeah, and then the Tales of the <laughs> That's right. The Tales of the Dark Side was the first one though, and that was from the '80s TV show. And I was like, I wonder how many people are going to get this one. So I love that show. <laughs> Such a good reference. I, I love uh, how you know that was. I, I really like, and again, we're, we're, we're not going to spoil anything here because who knows what's going to happen to all the other characters also. But, um, you know, I Spoiler think Spoiler alert, 2023 All Evil campaign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to have goatees. And, uh, but, um, but yeah, I think that, um, it, you know, it's really interesting. And, and honestly, I don't know for sure if what Deborah told me was, you know, the same thing or not uh, for, <laughs> for Alicia. Um, but I do think that it was at least pretty similar and I like how it, it hits on something that a long time ago when I you know started uh, running uh, tabletop role-playing games. And it's like that you used to get the question of, you know, if you're running a Star Wars game, what would happen if Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia, you know, all these people, if they just went the other direction, like if they didn't actually go to stop the thing. And then it's like, if you're running these games, if you're game mastering, you want to give NPCs these motivations and you want to let that play out in your mind of like, how would this manifest if if this thing happened? Well, you know, Palpatine is still going to try to, you know, mm. rule the galaxy. He's going to do dastardly things. You know, Darth Vader is going to do do his thing. You know, and it's like kind of thinking that through. And so, Deborah just starting with, you know, hey, this is how your character will feel uh, when this mm -hmm. is going on, and then the manifestation that Alicia did with that. Um, was, was just fascinating and then you know, obviously uh you know silas it's like uh, when um with uh, with his magical abilities how it manifests as some kind of pop culture something or another um and and how they're taking like you know this this evil bent you know like every time that it's happening and uh and just thinking through like what that motivation is uh it, it's it's really just interesting i it, it kind of makes me hope like as a player that somebody else gets this too, but then as a character, obviously Silas would not wish it on anybody, but, mm. um, but you know, j just to see how the different flavors of that and the different nuances yeah. would play out because uh, th this cast is just so uh, talented, but, but also there's so much trust here that we can explore that kind mm. of nuance mm -hmm. is this really, really interesting, engaging thing. And this is the kind of thing that we can't, really explore necessarily in a charity one shot you know because you, no, know, you, you haven't established no. that that rapport chemistry but um but being able to really just just completely headlong dive into the nuances um and, and unless we do like a, a down the rabbit hole of these characters yeah the what if of children of verite yeah the what if Yes. exactly <laughs> that 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 is a, a good idea eventually yeah we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> jen are you gunning for like mirror universe mave <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's, it's always fun it's always fun to get to play different sides of of a character that you mm -hmm. particularly a character that you've put so much into so you get to lean into things about them that are interesting choices that wouldn't necessarily otherwise get uh, shown. Or you get to reveal secrets about them in interesting ways. There's just, there's a lot you can do when you have those moments. So yeah, there's, I love that as a, 
I get a kick out of when when shows will do a an, a what if kind of episode, and you see an alternate timeline, and it, it's always revealing about the characters that you think you know mm-hmm. in interesting ways. Without even going that far, like I I completely agree, but like n- not even going to the what if you know evil side but like any time that someone gets to ask a question about a a character that has never been asked before that you know like my i love it when a question is posed to me about neb and i have to stop and think about it because it's not something that i've thought of or that she's thought of and i love those those moments of like well what what is this what you know what would she actually do for Christmas. I hadn't thought of that <laughs> until about 40 minutes ago. So yeah, in game when that happens, uh, that's that's some of my favorite moments when either it's uh, presented to me or I get to present it to someone else and, and you get that really good moment of, ooh, I get to explore ooh. something I haven't had to yet think through Neb's brain. I was thinking like Maeve, like because she's the friend the neighborhood troublemaker. Maybe Mirror in Universe Maeve is like super helpful and like gardening and like she's sort of, <laughs> oh, she's a help friendly neighborhood helper ten or something. I don't know. I mean, I think I I think one one potential version of an alternate universe Maeve is really perky and personable and um, still has that sort of playfulness, but it's it's spun. Um, but I think I think the I think the key moment would be how much did she move as a kid? Like I feel like that is so much of what shaped her and her ability to trust people. Um, and so if if they didn't move around, who might she be? And I think it would be a a, a really interesting contrast. I don't know. I do think I it is interesting though. Like um, yeah, like what what you were saying though, Lauren about that it doesn't even necessarily have to be alternate, you know, dark timelines or anything. Uh, it It is so engaging to me week in, week out that we, again, there, there's a lot of trust here that needs to be in place before you can explore this uh, with groups that you're playing with. But the idea that many times we come together and, you know, I see this in my home games, you know, players come together and they're, they're shooting for a certain kind of target, this, you know, optimal, um, type of character that they're playing in it. It's almost like players often feel like they need to play perfect versions of whatever that character is. They want to look good all the time. They want to, uh, you know, just be badass. They they don't want things <laughs> to go wrong. It's one of the reasons that you know often players get upset with when they were ones or you know whatever whatever that is. And and I've seen that so many times over the years. But just the idea that we have a level of comfort playing together that we can be flawed characters uh, Mm -hmm. that like there are times where a situation presents itself and I know exactly (laughs) what Adam would do. And it would be very different than what Silas would actually do in that situation. But again, just thinking through like what kind of story I'm trying to tell with that character. And I know that we've all thought about that for, for all of our characters. Uh, Just, Mm -hmm. just that idea that it's okay if they're flawed right now, it's okay if they, Mm -hmm make mistakes because that's a really great way for us and what we're trying to make here together with this cooperative story. It's a great way to highlight growth and, um, and even to reinforce that like, Hey, what this person did was not a good thing. 
Um, and, you know, they learned from that and, uh, you know, all of that. And so there, there aren't too many games uh, out of all the shows that I've watched and, um, yeah. you know, even, even television. That's, that's some of the television that is most striking to me when you see that kind of, uh, you know, dynamic growth and, uh, and to see it in, in one of these actual plays, um, again, it, it's a rare thing for me. I'd love to hear suggestions if people have it for, for other shows that are kind of, uh, doing that out there. Mm -hmm. Obviously critical role can, can fit a lot of categories, but, um, but, but I, I do think that we're, uh, we're, we're doing something really special with kind of that level of trust and that, you know, ability to play those flawed characters that learn and grow. And I think we designed that in from the start is, is really something we all thought about was we, we are fortunate enough to have the incredible luxury of knowing we're going to have the time to let these characters develop. So you may have a, a picture in your head of what you want your character to be down the line, sort of as they, mm -hmm. they settle into themselves and grow up. And, you know, I'm totally speaking from Maeve's perspective here, um, but, you know, as, as the story progresses, sort of that end, end version of yourself. Um, and then to backtrack that and go, what, where can you start where you are very far from that? And you have a, a whole journey to go on to learn how to be that person because that, that to me is so much of what the story becomes about. And I think we all have really interesting flaws. I think we have flaws that mean that we come into interesting conflicts, but also mm -hmm. we have flaws and strengths that are really supportive and where we have things that we can really learn from and grow from mm -hmm. um, within the group to achieve that. I'm also, I'm also always in awe of the moments where, because um, you hear about people who they use, well, this is what my character could do, would do as a bludgeon, you know, as an excuse. But you never, you never, it's not a bad thing to be like, well, what would my character do? Because you're trying to embody that character. Mm -hmm. But having the, uh, having the, the depth to be able to go, what would my character do? Now, how can I be true to that and still play this game with these people and engage yeah. and, you know, not yeah. run off on my own all the time, uh, mm -hmm. which is a hard thing for Neb sometimes. So like, it's, it's mm -hmm. impressive to me to watch that because it is, it's, it really shows in a D and D game where what would my character do? You can answer that in a way that's truthful to you and also fun for the other players. So, mm -hmm. yep, that's exactly it. It's true. I think uh, uh, Jen brought up something really interesting. Um, there, are, there are times when I feel like this group was curated, like the, these particular people were curated by this mystical experience because all of them are supposed to answer something in each other, but they mm -hmm. haven't figured that out yet. Mm -hmm. Like you get someone like Faruza who on the outside, everything's like perfect back home. Like everything's perfect. Like her, her life is led by like logic and everything happens how it's supposed to happen. You throw someone like her or like this, she's turned upside down and doesn't know you know, what end from up type of thing. And then like Maeve is sort of figuring out some of the strengths she had that she never really trusted she had like in the real world, like sort of, and these. So it's like, I feel like all of them are sort of, they're having to have their own little journey in this world, but they were curated to also answer questions in each other to achieve a goal together. And that's randomly how it just feels like it's come together to me. I don't know. <laughs> They have the little slot. <laughs> I think you all have built 
something pretty amazing together in the past. Can you believe it's 30 episodes? Oh my God. It's only been seven days. <laughs> and that's on time compression. <laughs> but since we're sort of doing an end of the year holiday special, it seems like a good mm. moment for quick retrospectives and quick favorite moments uh, because we have had some questions from the chat about favorite moments of this game so far. Mm. It's not fair that we have to pick one. Yeah. I, I want, look, <laughs> there are no adults in the room. Look. If you pick more than one, I won't tell on you. I, I think one of the important things about picking a favorite moment is not thinking too hard about it. Mm -hmm. You know, you just, mm -hmm. whatever, when someone says, what was your favorite moment? It's just whatever first comes to your mind that really stuck with you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think I had mentioned on Twitter that it, one of my favorite moments was just listening to Feyruza talk about how she got struck by lightning. Mm -hmm. I just completely fell into that story and was just like, I forgot we were playing. I was just listening mm -hmm. to this great story, you know, or uh, moments that really surprised me. Be like, whoa, why didn't I think of that? Like yeah. when Silas jumped off a bridge so that he could, <laughs> <laughs> he could bring Feruza back why up. Why did I think of that? Silas <laughs> as cantilever. <laughs> you know, just little things like that. <laughs> oh, I I, I was um, talking about this someone recently. I, I loved the the scene where all the characters see themselves in the future, but everyone described like what they're gonna be, and they're all sort of like, "What are we in?" Like Nev, you just see her changing into different characters and stuff. That was really fun because I think about myself. If that was me. I think I'd be really like it would be foreboding as hell. I'd be like, "What is happening down here?" And my I would think we would have to get out of here or that's going to happen and it's not good because we don't, because I mean, they don't know. They don't know. Are they, are, is, is their job to get out of here before that happens? They don't know. So it's all kind of like, yeah, it brought up a lot of questions for me, but it was really, I thought it was really interesting how everyone described their end game. Like, whoa, can't wait to see what, that, what happens when that happens, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I think, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I think my favorite moment is, it's a mirror of that moment. It's that first mm. camp just before we went into the mine where oh. we like we'd gone through just enough to be like, mm. OK, magic is really happening. This is really, you know, we can't really deny everything we're going on. We're in this together. Let's get to know each other. Let's answer some questions. Let's ask a whole bunch of questions. And that whole conversation I just, I love, and it feels so much like that conversation was a bedrock for so much that happened in the next couple of episodes, days, whatever. Yeah, um, I feel like kind of similar to Lauren, my favorite moments are often sort of the quieter interstitials, um, which I think is pretty unique to our game. I think a lot of games are very much about action and driving the story forward and you know mm. constantly we have to be doing something and <laughs> i think there's so much beauty in in those moments and this was this is true in other campaigns we've all played together that those have been the moments that like i i treasure those those moments where we're we're sitting on watch and just oh yeah kind of talking about stuff i mean i love when we're awesome and heroic and getting to do cool stuff but 
the moments where we're kind of connecting and growing together as a as a group as a team um, mm -hmm. are always really special um, and I feel like you often don't get to see those moments and I think DMs often don't give games the space to breathe like that um, and mm. to me that's when you really grow to love characters and care about them um, which makes the peril so much more intense. Yeah, that was that one talk that Maeve and Robin had. Do you remember which one? Me and me, yeah. Lauren and I. I talked know exactly which one. Uh huh. It was we really about it was, a responsibility and and commitment. Yeah. yeah, that was very. It was very like we don't get to see Maeve open up as as much as we get the, to see other characters open up. So that was really like I liked seeing that. It was like oh look, there's a little bit underneath that we have to. We still have a lot to find out about Maeve. I can tell. Mm -hmm. And Robin gets it out of her. Robin gets everything out of everyone. <laughs> I think a lot of that is just Hope Lavelle being amazing. <laughs> also, and I said this on Twitter, every time we find out something, some new job that Robin has had, every <laughs> single time. Oh, I used to be, back in my day, a shoe salesman. And everyone's like, yes! <laughs> every single time, I'm so happy. I feel like you people have bingo cards of, of jobs they think that that Robin has had, and then as, as they happen, you just... I, I think that brings up a really uh, another great Feruza Robin moment when Robin, you know, says, you know what they say: a snake has a head and a tail. And then, like so this is like profound thing. And then later, Feruza says, "Well, you know what Ms. Robin said: a snake has a head and a tail." If you ever no. wonder about the genesis of sayings, just uh, the etymology goes like, all the what? way back to, yep. to, to Robin Beckett. Perfect. The great the Beckettisms. Beckettisms. This, we think this... of Beckett for for Godot, but instead it's about snakes and tails. Snakes <laughs> and tails, heads and tails. Th this may be more of a personal thing because I I happen to know how much it affected Neb. But that first night watching Silas climb onto the top of the train and essentially go have an adventure before any of us knew that we were going on an adventure and being being wittingly dragged in, but then also not really good at going on the adventure while while Silas is just kicking butt at the adventure. Like that whole sequence of events just is, is and how calm Silas was. And like, now that all makes a lot more sense. But at the time, it's just like, <laughs> it was a dichotomy, really. Like what's going on? And it really did like, like how much that's affected how Neb has acted in the last couple of days of this game, like can't be understated like how much that meant to her going forward she's still got to get to the top of that train one of these days <laughs> yeah i think one of the things that i would say is um you know that there are a hundred moments uh that mm -hmm. and, and you know hope what you're saying is great uh except mm -hmm. when you know the first thing that pops into your head is like a hundred things at once so i'm still <laughs> having to whittle that list down um uh, but uh you know it, it, it is little things because i think that even what you're talking about with Neb there and seeing Silas. And that was one of the things that Deborah and I talked about was that it, it would be good to have someone that at least in a past life was, you know, as you're saying, a spy or whatever, like, like did, did something dangerous at, at some mm -hmm. point in their life, because, um, you know, to, to kind of uh, uh, dip our toes in it. Uh, and, and so that was definitely kind of an intentional choice with Silas that, 
he was going to be relatively calm in that because he has done you're probably worse than that but um you know as you're describing that Ned was you know emboldened by that to a degree the very you know like the progression from that after silas is shook um which this is actually what i kind of want to call out as some of my favorite moments are when deborah uh, just really really nails it because like mm -hmm. i don't like horror movies for instance um i I have way too active of imagination. I have nightmares as a 40 something year old person. I have so many <laughs> nightmares, you know? And, um, and so it's like, I don't watch horror movies, but I do think that through games, I connect with that, you know, primal, um, you know, kind of response to horror and, and Deborah does such a great job with those little moments. So when mm -hmm. Silas is looking in the window and she describes, what we later found out was Ivy is just, you know, st you know, stare, staring at him in the window. Uh, the last time it was, uh, you know, uh, two 13 or whatever in the evening and Silas saw something that no one else saw. And, and, you know, all of that, I saw that so vividly, thankfully not vividly enough that I had nightmares, about it. <laughs> but still it was like, it, it was just, those, those were some great moments, but I love what happened that first time when Deborah was describing that and just the feeling and, and how energized I was but again, as a character, I felt really shook by it. Then we finally get the door open. And the first thing that Neb does is go into the door. And, and, <laughs> and it was like, you know, and, and again, like Silas typically in that situation, if no one was going, Silas would have, because again, he's done dangerous things in the past. But right after what you're talking about with Neb, like, oh, is this like a thing that we can do or what? And then Neb just goes straight through the door. And then Silas... I, I follow her, you know, it's like, I almost didn't even know what to say. It's like, I go in after her, you know, but, but, um, but that was, it's so exciting kind of seeing how all that like kind of builds off of each other. And, uh, and again, so many of those things for me, those, those wonderful moments. And, and I like that word interstitial, um, you know, the, the interstitial mm -hmm. moments there. Um, so many of those are coming down, like walking down the other side of the hill or the mountain from Deborah, uh, you know, setting something up that is this just moment that uh, that I can see in my head as clearly as as a movie or you know some of the best books I've read, and um, and that's something that it you know is so great about playing these games is it's so hard to achieve those circumstances, um, and the fact that it's having uh, happening in an improvisational way and it, it don't expect it to come when it comes, uh, it, it those moments just really do stick with me. And, uh, and like I said, mm -hmm. but thankfully not too much that, that I had to make. <laughs> Goodness. There have been a hundred amazing moments to date, and there will be a hundred amazing moments more in the future. That will about do it for us tonight. But before we go, since we're here at the kids' table, real quick, I just want <laughs> to shout out, as some of our players have been doing, our amazing game master devranwell for just bringing uh. so much of this together and to all of you because i'm the host and you can't stop me you all have woven something amazing and it has been an absolute unmitigated delight to see what you all are building and i'm looking forward to it in future here on demiplane with the re glorious return of children of verte in future so thank you all so much for joining me for this holiday special you've thank been you. great as um, have you yes <laughs> thank you sam always thank you Sam. outstanding well 
for more outstanding children of Ferte in the future. Tune back in. Please follow on the socials. All of these fine people and Demiplane RPG itself. But until next time, we're going off the air today. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Children of Arte. To learn more about Demiplane, visit demiplane.com and embark on your own adventure today.